Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound and Vision is proudly sponsored by Golden Artist Colors. Golden makes the best acrylic paints, mediums, and gesso in the business. They also make core watercolors and Williamsburg oil paints. Based in New Berlin in upstate New York, they're an employee-owned company dedicated to making the best supplies for you to make your best work. Check out their products in just about any art store or at goldenpaints.com. Morgan Blair is an artist born in Massachusetts and based in New York City. She received a BFA in illustration from the Rhode Island School of Design in 2008. She's had exhibitions at Andrew Rafat's Gallery in Chicago, Shane Campbell Gallery in Chicago, the Newcomb Art Museum in New Orleans, Mountain Gallery in Brooklyn, Terry Goldberg in New York, and many others. She's been featured in Juxtapose Magazine, Liner Magazine, Endless Editions, and the Sundance Film Festival. I met up with Morgan at the Whole Gallery, at the site of her solo show, and we talked about mixtapes, YouTube videos, art puzzles, Magic Eye, and a lot more. Here's our conversation. Sounds great. Perfect. <laughs> I heard that actual segment on NPR not long ago. Oh, they played that segment on? No, it was an actual NPR segment about oatmeal. Oh, jeez. Like, coming up, we're going to be talking about all the ways to spruce up your oatmeal. <laughs> So, so it's basically a Saturday Night Live sketch after the sketch, and they just yes. recreated it with a different subject matter? Yes, without regard for the fact that they were imitating SNL. Right. Um, so why don't we jump in? Let's do it. That's, we're here. <laughs> okay. We're at the gallery and surrounded by all your work. Um, but admittedly, I don't know much about your coming up, so wh- where did you grow up? I grew up in central Massachusetts, central which Mass. I feel like a lot of people hear that and they think western Mass, which is, it's not. It's, it's very central. Way further, right? Yeah, it's not Boston, it's not central Mass, I mean, it's not western Mass, it's like Worcester, yeah. you know Worcester at all? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Worcester County, but outside Worcester, so farmland Yeah. outside Worcester. Oh, so you were, you were out there? Yeah, pretty out there. Like, and did you have like a rural upbringing? A big yeah. yard and big lots yard. of space. I worked on a farm down the road. Our like family friends, neighbors' farm from when I was thirteen to like twenty in the mm-hmm. summers and stuff. Um, yeah, no sidewalks, no like trash removal. The center of town, really small, like library, town hall, general store, lumberyard, bank, church. That's it. Yeah, it's funny how if you go to a middle of a state, it's usually going to be that feel. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah. I prefer it. Everyone's sort of, you see the same people all the time. Slower. Really super slow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I went to school in a different town, a few towns away where my mom taught. So I didn't have that many friends Mm -hmm. in that town where I grew up, but... Um, working at the farm, I made a few friends. <laughs> that was kind of nice. Yeah. And what was your... Like, when you were going to school as a kid, were you creative? Was it something that you were into early on? Or yeah. how did that get into your life? Always. Um, I don't have any brothers or sisters, so I think I just always was drawing as a way to just occupy myself. Yeah, you had to keep yeah. yourself busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Creativity or like, comes from boredom, right? Totally, yeah. If you're bored, you're going to just start inventing stuff. I, I know. That's what worries me about, like, having just the existence of kids today in yeah. modern times. Like, how could they ever be bored? They're not. How They're are they ever going to... Man, it's weird. It kind of scares me. I think it's just a different... I, I feel like they have to evolve to creativity in a different way, you know? Yeah. I mean, they have so much input and stimuli all the time that I guess they could be inundated with new ideas and new possibilities and Mm -hmm. but that boredom does feel really important because that's the only time when you're going to start doing really weird stuff to entertain like destroying stuff or like making a huge mess yeah just because you're at your wits end there's nothing else to do 
Yeah, and imagine if you're like a kid in your room and you have that one toy. Yeah. You're going to do all this stuff with that. What are all of the things I can do to this Barbie? You become more inventive and maybe more imaginative about what you're going to do with that toy. Whereas if you give a kid like 10,000 toys, then it's like, okay, how do I create a world out of it? Or like, what am I going to do with all these things? Hopefully there's a way to still be creative with that. But I think it's just going to be different. Yeah. Different kind of uh, speed and problem-solving skills, I think, when it comes to that. Yeah, totally. So you didn't have much, but you drew. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I had stuff. Yeah. Totally. But I don't know why I gravitated towards, like, drawing and, and that kind of activity. I don't know. It's, like, kind of therapeutic. It's quiet. Were your parents creative? They are creative in their own ways. They're not farmers. My mom's a teacher, Mm -hmm. and my dad has been um, the building manager at this historic concert hall in Worcester. So he's kind of like the renaissance man there. He runs around setting stuff up and breaking stuff down. He knows where everything goes. He paints what needs to be painted and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But he, I, I mean, they have their own funny ways that they're creative that I really admire when I realized that they existed like yeah. started realizing my dad will when he has the opportunity to paint say a door he'll paint it like five different bright colors <laughs> not one at a time like it's a brown door one panel's green the next panel's yellow the next one's blue the next one's like bright red it's just madness like i don't know why what he's thinking but it's awesome maybe it's just expression or you know it's just i guess yeah it out. i guess he doesn't talk about it it just appears like in his office at this concert hall it's like whoa did dad did you paint that oh i thought you meant at home so he's doing that in a historic building yeah yeah Yeah. there's a hallway that i saw the last time i was there that's like bright green i mean it's a private it's like goes to people's offices but it's i think it's either bright green i don't know what the wall color is the walls and the doors are bright green like navy purpley blue and purple wow. <laughs> it's just crazy looking yeah but so you he's just like that. yeah i just like those colors yeah. <laughs> and then what did your mom teach she always taught did all the grades in elementary school oh yeah so a little bit of everything yeah was that um a good thing or yeah um you know parents as teachers sometimes can be <clears throat> overbearing or not overbearing but <laughs> it could be much yeah i i always knew when she was asking me a question the way she would ask a student a question like picking my brain just try to see how I was thinking about something Mm -hmm. um but it is interesting yeah having a teacher parent mostly that manifested with me spending a lot of time just at school yeah like waiting for her at my school day would end and then I would if she was teaching at the same school I went to I'd just stay at school for the next few hours while she had like meetings and stuff and I'd just be really well acquainted with like the layout of the school and like the teacher's room would always have snacks in it and I was able to decipher like which snacks were like for eating for anybody to eat if they had like colored saran wrap on them or something I could probably like have some of whatever was in there versus like private snacks right you know yeah there were other teachers kids I played with like the librarian would get mad at me because I'd be like bouncing a basketball for two hours in the hallway (laughs) sort of so that school that your mom taught at it only went to a certain grade right yeah was it It, weird to go to the next level and she wasn't in that school anymore did it feel liberating Um, I think it was weird to go to junior high just for all the reasons it's weird to go to junior high outside of my mom being I mean I would have been probably embarrassed if my mom taught at the junior high more than attending the elementary school where she taught but yeah junior high was definitely weird just in general seventh and eighth graders like yeah it's a tough time weirdness there's too many chemicals and hormones bubbling around totally (laughs) i mean and the music at the time was terrible it was just not a good time for like pop culture i think (laughs) (laughs) all the stuff we were obsessed with was bad like britney spears top of her game yeah uh like rap rock yeah 
all very early 2000s, like right. 99, 2000. Just a weird time to be alive as a young teen. In, in 20 years, it'll be looked at as amazing. I'm patiently waiting yeah. for that time. It yeah. Hit, yeah. God, it's really taking forever. Yeah. It's not hit. Yeah. <laughs> I can't really imagine when, like, Papa Roach is going to be cool. Yeah. Maybe. That's true. I don't know. Disco, you know. I, I would imagine a lot of people post-disco thought that that would never come back. Yeah, right. And then you have, you know, bands that are playing disco, you know. I know. Like it's kind of... You need multiple decades. I think it's all cyclical. It comes back. Yeah, I don't know if I... I hope that's true or I hope it's not true in this case. Yeah. I hope it's... I hope it's true. Maybe It'll the justify second, my mixtapes. And maybe second generation, it just is a little better, ideally. Yeah, right. We can improve on this right. genre of corn and Slipknot. Oh, <laughs> All right, let's take a left turn from this. <laughs> I wasn't into Slipknot, That's I'm just saying. True. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> what about, uh, so in high school were you taking, did you have a good art teacher or an art class? Or when did you get into the, the feeling of like, oh, this is something I want to maybe go to school for or do further? Um, it always was my main thing. And I think probably just when I started visiting colleges, my mom and I went to a few like liberal arts colleges, check those out, because she, you know, liked the idea of me being like a well-rounded person, <laughs> having not just like one thing. Not just the art school. Yeah, but we went to those and, you know, they're touring us around like, this is where you'll study science and like history. And I was just like, oh God, <laughs> no, I don't want to. Right. Uh, like, I was a decent student in high school. I just was really ready to be done with all that stuff. Yeah. So I guess I realized, like, it's either that or just straight-up art school, which seemed worlds. Like, of course I want to go to art school. Yeah, that's yeah. obviously the thing that I want, the only right. thing that I want. So um, what did you decide? Oh, RISD. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. And yeah. How did she? how did she feel about that? Uh, she felt great. Yeah? Yeah. That's good. Good reputation. So I think they were like, cool, that, that'll work. No yeah. science, but a really good school nonetheless. So No <laughs> science. There was, yeah, there were is like... There, is there science at RISD? Um, I don't think. There's like a nature lab. Yeah. <laughs> you can go there and draw stuff in it. And, and you can take courses at Brown, but sort of the semesters don't really line up exactly. So you'd have to be like pretty motivated to make that happen, right. which I wasn't. Uh, but there's like art history there's like more academic electives liberal arts electives Mm -hmm. there might have been some kind of science I don't know like if you're in industrial design or architecture you at least get some like math and engineering a little bit I think but I wasn't in those so right so what years were you at RISD? 2004 to 8 so is that is that post Fort Thunder? Yeah, pretty much, I yeah. think. I don't know. I, I was pretty dialed into my, like, schoolwork yeah. and ended up regretting not having gone out into the city more and, like, seen people and music and places that I now know I should have <laughs> gone to and, like, explored more. You were in the, the studio zone? Yeah, I just wasn't paying any attention to, like, what was going on around me other than school yeah. and my friends at school. And what were you making then? Were your paintings anything like what you're doing now? or No. I mean, at some point I kind of dialed in on, like, patterns as a thing that yeah. I like, because it's sort of, I like endless kind of meditative tasks, like filling in a pattern, but there's still some of that. But no, everything I was making was really different, because I was basically a child. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, now it's been feels like a long time now since college it hasn't been that long but I feel like I basically was still in high school I was making illustrations because I was majoring in illustration so it was like assignment based okay. images you know so you went into illustration is that what you wanted to do basically or yeah I guess you, when did you start painting painting I guess after school? after graduating yeah I was I mean, I majored in illustration because it seemed like the closest thing to what I liked doing already, which was drawing mm-hmm. and painting, but 
like drawing mostly with paint, if at all. And the possibility of employment? I guess, yeah. I, was, I didn't have a good handle on like painting, the major of painting, which was like really out there to yeah. me. It could be like anything at all. Yeah. Um, I wasn't thinking very conceptually. Um, but yeah, after graduating, I was like moved here with some friends, 2008, terrible job market obviously Mm -hmm. no expectations and no prospects but was trying to do this illustration thing like freelance editorial illustration but I wasn't that I I just got all panicked like every time I got an assignment you have to like do sketches in a pretty short time frame like within the day or within a few hours come up with like a bunch of good ideas that the art director can pick from I never had any good ideas. They're always, I always would like freeze up. Like, what, what, I don't know what to do. (laughs) Finally get some sketches out. And then they pick the one that you like the least. (laughs) And then you have to turn that into an illustration without really changing very much because they've already decided that's what they want. Just fine tune it. Yeah, like, yeah, refine it, color it in, make it, make it polished. Right. And make it communicate something specific from the article. How are you getting those, how, does, how do illustration people get their gigs? Oh man, I never found out. That doesn't seem easy. <laughs> I think know? just networking, yeah, the same as anything. Get to know someone at the New Yorker or the New York Times yeah. or whatever. It's funny, like, at the time we were graduating, we were still printing out, like, our pieces on paper and putting them in, like, a plastic sleeves portfolio situation and then our teachers were like okay now you're going to bring this to the times and like show a person (laughs) so I already felt outdated like am I I going to do that I don't see myself doing that Right. maybe that's why I didn't I wasn't like really full steam ahead on that path Um, but yeah I don't know I did get some assignments that were cool and I was like happy to be doing them but I I was it was too nerve-wracking yeah and I felt like I couldn't be weird enough or I couldn't be as weird as I wanted to be with the imagery because it would be like why did you put like a this doesn't make any sense for the article like this is weird the readers are not going to understand this yeah I'd be like well fuck maybe I don't want to do this then yeah yeah Yeah, because you're working under deadlines and then what people want I mean it's yeah. you know like graphic design you need to communicate something specific yeah. and I really like communicating ambiguous stuff <laughs> yeah. or specific to what you want to do yeah. which is ambiguous right? I like the specificity but then I want it to be kind of more open to interpretation right yeah so you thought painting that would be <clears throat> yeah I guess I started just doing more like abstract totally abstract stuff with like patterns geometric patterny stuff mm-hmm. um going full on into like meditative pattern making type stuff yeah um i don't remember how that changed i think i was just doing that for a while and started to feel really stale because i wasn't drawing anything there was nothing like that i was jumping off of or thinking of there was no content i was just like filling in all over patterns which were trippy and cool but I wanted to have something specific, like, underneath that. Right. That I knew was there, even if it didn't read, necessarily. Um, and I think maybe that's when... I don't know. For a while, I was, like, riding around on my bike and noticing a lot of, like, discarded gloves and banana peels all over the streets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once you notice something like that, you're like, oh, my God, it's everywhere. There's, like, a thousands of banana peels, <laughs> thousands of gloves. So I was taking pictures of those... Is this just for fun yeah yeah because i like collecting stuff like that making mm-hmm. lists and collections but um then i was like oh maybe i could maybe i could like channel this as a subject matter and turn these into like abstract paintings that also have some basis in reality mm-hmm. uh yeah gloves and banana peel paintings try to do that <laughs> it looked, they look kind of weird like i didn't really like them that much i was still looking for something to paint like what is my subject matter yeah can't just have an empty painting of pattern but I guess that's maybe when I was taking screenshots from Seinfeld mm-hmm. and I was like I'm just gonna do something totally out of left field maybe it will like knock something loose in my brain where I like suddenly have a good idea so I 
I took a screenshot from Seinfeld and I was painting it over and over. It's like Jerry is facing this desk he has in the corner by the window and there's cactus and he's wearing this leather jacket. For some reason, I just was like, this is it. <laughs> this is my image. Yeah. <laughs> I have to paint this and paint it and paint it until I've becomes abstract to me, you mm-hmm. know, like saying a word over and over right. until, until you're like, Whoa, yeah. <laughs> what is this sound? So that was my goal. And then it just turned into a whole series of Seinfeld paintings somehow. Yeah. And they were kind of loose and gestural, right? Yeah, Sometimes. some of them were kind of loose and scratchy. The, the ones I liked the best were like mushy and like monochromatic and yeah. didn't even necessarily look like Seinfeld. Right. And then... Only the true connoisseur would know that that's Costanza. Yeah, that's his fucking hair. I know it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jerry's hair is iconic from yeah, that time. It it's like this weird, almost a mullet. But anyway. He's got the poof in the front. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Something about his the cut of his clothes also. Very yeah. high-waisted pants and everything. Did you ever do a painting of the glasses? Remember the one with the giant Coke <laughs> Yes. No, I didn't. <laughs> I was trying to shy away from, like, straight-up portraits right. of Seinfeld. Because then that's, like, it's fan art yeah. at that point. But I did do a bunch of that, it turns out. It was sort of... It's hard for me to not, like, get really zoomed in and mm-hmm. start refining everything and trying to make it realistic. The right. challenge for me is to keep it loose and to not adhere to the original image because it's there. Yeah. It's the illustrator in me is like, make it right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Make it look like that. Make it correct. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I did all those. How long did you spend doing that work? Because on your site, there was oh, quite a bit of them. There's a lot. I was doing them pretty fast. Yeah. And then I stopped, and then I started them again, maybe like a year or mm-hmm. something. But I guess I was doing other stuff also at the same time, but... Um, eventually, I guess I just started using screenshots of videos in general as jumping off points. Like, not Seinfeld necessarily, but weird stuff on YouTube. Right. Like uh, tutorials and stuff that people shoot themselves and they post, like, just the most specific, mundane tasks. Yeah. Like, the one that always comes to mind is, like, how to make your own edible arrangement. <laughs> I don't know who's who's searching for that, but they're out there for you. Well, those are expensive edible arrangements. Yeah, I guess so. so yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah, you can maybe, make your own. Yeah, you want to, you know, do your own specific version. Of it. Right. I <laughs> mean, it just so makes weird, me think of, like, the scenario where someone's bringing their homemade edible arrangement to, like, a baby shower, and right. everyone's like, wow, it's so unique. <laughs> Did you make this? Yeah, the person's like, YouTube yeah. Channel. I spent four hours. <laughs> I got a melon baller. I got a special cookie cutter for the pineapple. I got the dowels. I got the foam. You really need a set of supplies. A toolkit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you could make it like kind of a side hustle. Anyway, I got kind of deep into that. <laughs> um, and those you were just finding just by, like, you know, looking around on the internet? Yeah, I guess I, I was trying to search YouTube for videos I thought would be kind of poorly shot with, like, maybe some blurry close-ups. Yeah. And and maybe funny fades between shots or something like hands holding like the shape of cut out fruit is sort of Uh like sort of abstract but also it's like is that a flower is it a strawberry is it just a random blob Mm -hmm. I, i was trying to find images like that that were like right in between so people's homemade tutorials usually fall into that category i realized or like craft tutorials right yeah. I think, like, all those homemade, even if it's, like, music reviews or whatever it is, or just people ranting, they have, like, a very specific look. I guess it's webcam. Yeah. Or it's, like, that kind of, you know, staring at a computer kind of video. But it's just funny how they all kind of have a similar look. I know. Yeah. I mean, I guess also it's, like, when someone's in the middle of a project and the thing hasn't come together yet, you can't tell what it is. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like someone making a mask or someone making a diorama or an edible arrangement when it's all in pieces it's kind of a nice 
Im- kind of image that I'm looking for. Yeah. Where it's like you recognize some things, some parts, but it's not a thing yet. Mm-hmm. So it's abstract in a way. And it's really highly personal. Like somebody's, this can't be recreated. It's like a moment in one person's life. Yeah. It's, it's like, like a diary or something. Like yeah. Like in someone's diary. Yeah. I like that. So where did that go? Once you. Um, it just led me deeper into YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> can't remember I don't know I get sidetracked you know like I probably went from there to this website called like instructables where people post it's not videos but it's like photos and written instructions how to make like a grilled cheese Mm -hmm. or something like that and uh, usually well you can find like really really bad really really bad ones right like someone's like how to make a pita pizza and then there's a bunch of photos of like the worst looking pita with like burnt cheese on it and they're like there you go and that's how you do it enjoy (laughs) you're welcome so i don't know 380 views or something right yeah and then there's comments that are like thanks this looks great you're like what the fuck (laughs) oh my god maybe it's kind of sad though it's super sad yeah Yeah. it's super the people it's it's almost like a visualization of people's desire to share yeah they they just want to connect anyone can see it but then no one's really I guess. I mean, I am, apparently. Yeah. I guess maybe maybe my subject matter is also just my hunt for, like, hilarious stuff right. that will make me laugh. <laughs> and often it comes in the form of pieces of people's projects that are funny for some reason. Not necessarily, I'm not necessarily laughing at them, but maybe they're making something that they think is funny, too. Right. There's a and it happens involved. to look cool, yeah. So how did that affect your paintings like how did um <clears throat> I don't know I mean it led me to this YouTube video that all these paintings are based off of oh really this is all based off of YouTube mm-hmm. there's uh I found this person who uploads he has like 900 something videos and a lot of them are claymations oh yeah I guess in general this YouTube searching quest led me to like claymations yeah or kids projects made out of clay because first of all kids make like weird stuff it's sometimes indecipherable and then when it's clay it's like lumpy and even weirder looking yeah so then i started looking on youtube for claymations like teachers will post like our class the culmination of our class claymation projects Mm -hmm. so there's all these like two minute videos that kids have made of like just weird ass random stories that they've come up with yeah and, um, but this one is not by a kid. It's by a young man. And the uh, video is called Patrick and Shadrach in Stupid Stitions, which is a pun. Mm-hmm. It's meant to sound like superstitions, right. um, <laughs> which is awesome. And I didn't even realize that until someone told me. I was like, oh, that's what that means. That's what that's about. <laughs> I didn't know what Stupid Stitions was, but now I do. Um, and it's, so there's like, a, there's like a clay pig and a clay sheep and their friends and the clay pig wakes up in the morning and it says Friday the 13th or something on his calendar and he like bolts out of bed and he's all freaked out and then he realizes he forgot to change the page in the calendar it's a series of like series of mishaps mostly um, created by his friend who comes over and proceeds to disrupt the whole order of Patrick Pig's life so there's all these scenes of them like he lets him in. The first thing he does is like open up his umbrella, and he's like, "Patrick, or Shadrach, what are you doing? You can't have an umbrella open indoors." And this is one person doing this. It's and one it's person. He made it all. He's voicing both characters. Right. Um, I'm not sure if it's based on something else or if it's just his own story, but he has two versions of it. This is one of them. But he smashes a mirror at some point. He like spills salt. He does all these things that Patrick the pig needs to tell him, like, the correct step to take in order to make it right again, I guess, according to his superstitions. Like, when you spill salt, you're supposed to then throw it over your shoulder. When you smash a mirror something, I forget what you're supposed to do after that. But, yeah, anyway, so these are all, I took a bunch of screenshots from that where they're kind of in the midst of these scenarios. But then I'm guessing 
the color is totally different. Yeah, the color is and just random. Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah, I inserted some of the modeled background texture that's just my own choice. And there there's no checkered floor like in that painting, but yeah. It's so I mean choices. the specific sort of history of visual things that have these colors and these combinations and stuff is very specific to me. Is it something that you're tapping into or you're not really concerned about? I don't think so. I don't think I know I don't think I know enough to know what I, <laughs> what I'm tapping into actually. It's intuitive or kind of yeah. just direct and the colors are just uh, they're random to me. They don't mean they're not in reference to anything. I'm sort of just trying to do it all at once. Mm-hmm. Like I want it to be bright, but I don't want it to be rainbowy. I wanted to ha- like have some contrast, but not too much. I guess my what I've been doing is choosing like three colors, and then I'll use like a darker and a lighter version of those all in the same painting, so they kind of go right. together. But yeah. then each individual color is like maybe clashing with the others at the same right. time. But when you blend them with an airbrush, they just they just go right. anyway. Yeah, and you're spraying a lot. It's all airbrush, yeah. Yeah, Just tape and airbrush. Tape, matte medium, airbrush, yeah. A lot of paint in the air. When did you make the transition to the airbrush? I mean, because the the Seinfeld paintings, obviously, were very um, brushy. I guess 2013. And what was the trigger? That's a pun. Um, I was was totally (laughs) trying to do that. You even fade the sides of them. I just noticed that. Yeah, I did that for these. I don't usually do that. I just usually, like, tape off the canvas edges and leave them, um, like, raw canvas. But I ordered these canvases for the show because I didn't have enough time to stretch them myself. So the edges are gessoed, and I didn't like the look of that. Oh, they gesso the sides? Yeah, I think it's just pre-gessoed canvas or something. Yeah, I don't know how they do it, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to leave them like that. Um, I don't remember why I switched to. Oh, I was using. Um, I was using spray paint to make gradients in little. I was making these little flag paintings and drawings, um, and using spray paint to get these fades. But it's just I don't like that process. It's really annoying to me, and it it's so noxious and yeah. like leaves a, a lot more like paint dust everywhere yeah so airbrush seemed like the logical next step yeah so yeah. um how did one thing i wanted to ask about the subject matter is does the person who made these videos know that this show is hanging in the new york city <laughs> oh, man. people have been asking me that i don't i, mean, it's I don't think so specific I mean, the way you're describing it, it's pretty specific to this person's project. I know. I, I'm not sure if I should contact him or what. Like, I'm, I'm not going to assume that he wants anything to do with me yeah. or these paintings. Um, <clears throat> he might not like them, or he might think they're, like, stupid. Or <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And he's probably not going to see that. You know, it's, it's not like you're... You're just using that as a jump-off point for compositions and these... Mm-hmm. Creatures. No one going coming in here, I would imagine, is going to go. Oh, that's Franklin or whatever. Oh, Shadrach yeah. from my favorite YouTube video. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I mean, his most of his other videos are, um, are Thomas the Tank Engine. Oh yeah. Content and My Little Pony. Okay, so we're probably dealing with a certain age group here. Well, possibly. I mean, he's he's probably like in his twenties. I'm not sure. Yeah. He has a very specific, like, set of interests. Um, That's the interesting thing about the internet, though, is that there could be this kind of collaboration. Right. And no one <laughs> Totally <knows>. random. <laughs> I know. I feel kind of weird, like, the right thing to do maybe would be to tell him just in order to, like, thank him. Right. Like, you made this awesome video. It's really cool. I think it's super funny. It's great comedic timing. Everything's awesome looking. <laughs> Also, oh, I made all these paintings. <laughs> Here's an install shot of a New York City gallery filled with paintings made through YouTube. Hope channel. you're cool with this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think it says he's, like, Christian. I don't know if 
he'll find something like oh, uh, maybe he'll like look into my background and then be like what <laughs> this is a terrible person <laughs> I don't know I don't want to offend him well these are very trippy though they are and kind of trippy there's yeah. a kind of psychedelic why yeah, have just, you <laughs> yeah destroyed my images this way <laughs> but I was thinking about the reason I also asked about Fort Thunder because that kind of aesthetic of that neon kind of uh, pastiche collage I mean these feel yeah. collaged even though they're not collaged because of the way that you're dropping shadow and layering things Yeah, they feel like a thin layer of depth it's very collagey and tactile mm-hmm. you know? and there's also like this vaporwave aesthetic to them I think Whoa. I don't know if you what does that mean? Okay, never sounds, mind. sounds cool <laughs> I like that I like the sound of that but there's like an 80s vibe to some of the colors too yeah I suppose so but I didn't it's, know if that was at all in your mind while you're making them. Or not, it's not. It used to be, and I think it's just stuck in there. Yeah. Whether I want it to come out or not, it's just happening. Mm-hmm. But I used to be really all about like pastels, like Easter colors and low contrast, more like what you might see in 80s fashion yeah. and prints and stuff. But then I was like, uh... I'm not going to do that anymore. It's too cheesy or something. But it's I guess it still still reads a little bit that way in some ways. But there's more of a punch to it. There's like a, a technological feel to the color because some of the... Well, a, it's gradients. B, it's spectrum. Right. right. So you're getting spectrum colors or like... It, you said you didn't want it rainbowy, but there's, there's it's a spectrum. It's happening anyway. Well, not rainbow, <laughs> but there's that's it's more almost like, you know, like television spectrum. Right. Feel to it, and there's a, the spray gives you sprays technology. Like the right. paint is going into little circles and landing on the canvas, and that's a certain kind of technology too. So, you know, and spray aesthetic, you know, there is a linkage to that in the '80s and graffiti yeah. and all that. So, yeah, I just I didn't. I, it's interesting because I it is kind of a clash between a lot of different or at least for me in my generation or like when I grew up there's different eras that I'm touching on on these which makes it really interesting and it kind of confuses me in, a, in, a, in an interesting <laughs> way you know what yeah, I mean like yeah. I can't place it and yeah. then you hit me with some shaped canvases and that, that's even like what's going on <laughs> what? I don't know I don't know the answer to that what is going on it, sometimes I only realize like in retrospect what's going on or what was going on right um, I'd like to do some more shaped, like some, some differently shaped canvases, mm-hmm. not so regular and round, but like a weird trapezoid or something. Yeah. Um, well, these have yeah. there. There seems to be, obviously, in some of these, there's like a mirror. So to me, that's what the circle paintings really. That's where it took me in my mind. I don't know if that's oh, what that's you're cool. intending. I think I was just. I was focused on, I had like a series of screenshots I knew I wanted to paint for the show and I was sort of trying to place them on the appropriate shape. Like some, some of these have a more central figure or set of figures and I didn't want to put those in the circle and make it look like a classical portrait or something. I wanted it, because the circles tend to balance everything whether or not you want it to, at least for me, I feel like that's happening. So I was trying to choose the compositions that felt the most off balance to put in the circles so yeah. that they wouldn't be so symmetrical looking mm-hmm. I guess yeah and then I hadn't even thought about like a mirror within a circle as a as a thing but I guess I did that twice <laughs> <laughs> Oops. it's kind of like a feedback loop yeah in a way you yeah know, it's like or, or right. like an Alice in Wonderland like multiple worlds yeah, I do like that. Do you mind me reading that into your No, writing? no, that's what I want. I like, I like having this jumping off point and I know what I'm painting, but then what I like, what I would like to happen is for people to look at them and then see their own shit in yeah, there. Yeah. Like, oh, is that a... Paint, right? I guess so. As opposed to reading book, or writing books or essays or whatever. Because people are going to yeah. see something different. And it's like that gap is interesting that way of communicating is so different than any other way of communicating yeah I like that open-endedness of that yeah like I I don't really need you to to um, see what I was seeing it doesn't really matter to me 
right. if you see this weird clay sheep holding a mirror. But I guess some of these are a little bit more obviously figures than in some of my slightly older work. Uh-huh. Kind of giving into that, like, okay, it's a, it's a figure. <laughs> You're right, yeah. There's, it's undeniably, like, a sheep or... Although that's not undeniably a sheep. Some people think it's like a dragon, I think. But it's fine. <laughs> I thought sheep. Great. <laughs> that's cool. It worked. He has that yeah. wool vest thing. Yeah. Like the flocked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And, and the other thing I was thinking, too, is different people who... Like, you know, as you're growing up, you're coming to age. There's like a certain... I don't know what the age range is where your aesthetic is really... Like something's like burned into your aesthetic growing up it yeah. kind of stays with you yeah. and um, like I grew up like the 80s were that time for me it's when I was like you know a teenager and mm-hmm. or coming into being a teenager and that 80s aesthetic is I'll never forget that you know so yeah. um, that might mean something different to me than someone who grew up in the 90s were really that or the 2000s or you know the 1920s or whatever was yeah, the formative totally. years you know? I think that always has a big effect on the way you see things it's kind of like the yeah. time period when you grew up yeah when that stuff is forming your brain um, yeah Brittany's not going anywhere you're gonna have Brittany that. god did she make it into my work somehow that fucker <laughs> no, I don't no. think she did but no, she no. might have no. definitely in the titles actually but I don't know I think actually like Magic Eye mm-hmm some of this stuff oh God, in retrospect yeah. that I really liked I like later grabbed onto again like oh yeah fucking magic eyes right. so cool I like that idea it's like you it's basically an all over pattern but it's not it's irregular yeah so and then if you like blur your eyes an actual image comes out which those are pretty cool I like yeah and so cool trippy and I love the fact that I could see them and a lot of my friends couldn't yeah no, you can't see it. Like you can't. That sucks. But I, would li- I would really have to make myself go cross-eyed. Yeah. And then it would just pop up immediately. It's such a cool, weird it's thing. Weird. Like, they formed an algorithm that you can activate with by fucking up your eyesight yeah. intentionally. That's like early visionary technology that was really for the betterment of the human race. So cool. <laughs> I know. Are they still doing that? I wish... No, I I'd like to know more about current Magic Eye innovation. Or like, who's on the team now and what's yeah. going on? Is there, Are they at NASA? Is there going to be some big reveal, hologram, something or other? Augmented reality. It's a new Magic Eye. <laughs> I've got to know. Yeah. yeah. What if you could do Magic Eye within a VR experience. Well, that would be amazing. You could still burn the shitty incense and have the Bob Marley posters <laughs> in the room. <laughs> yeah. And you'd have you'd to. have the full experience. Yeah. But what would be the image that comes out of the magic eye? It's like an iPad or something. Dumb. Oh, like, yeah. Just like a flat. <laughs> yeah, it would have to be self-referential. Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> I guess, at this point. Do you get a lot of inspiration from things outside? I mean, are you looking at painters? Or are you looking at not really. I mean, obviously, you're looking at day-to-day stuff, right? Stuff on the stuff. internet. I really peels, like stuff. stuff. Like, if you go to a vintage store, you're going to be pretty interested. It's my favorite place to yeah. be, yeah. Do you go to, like, antique places upstate or... Not no. antiques so much. I, I really feel at home in, like, a Salvation Army, mm-hmm. you know, despite their politics. I have to say that. Yeah. But, or, like, Goodwill or a Savers. Although I have my hierarchy of preferences... Any of those will do, but... Did you grow up with those? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, actually, I remember, like, when I was working at the farm, this girl I worked with had a weird old T-shirt, and I was like, mm-hmm. where did that come from? She's like, oh, I bought a Salvation Army. I was like, well, you can do that? <laughs> oh, my God. My life is changing right and now. And it's cheap. So cheap. It's perfect for me. Growing up in cheap ass, they were so weirdo. good, and they had, like, they would color code their V-necks. Ugh. And because some awesome person is working there who yeah. has the passion. Right. Yeah. They're, so I, I'm cool. going to put all the Latigras together and all the eyes odds next to that. <laughs> and then Ralph Lauren. You know what I mean? I it love that. I love finding really evidence ones. of the devoted Salvation Army employee <laughs> employees, who's yeah. just like, I'm not going to leave these all just willy-nilly. Right. This is my job. Yeah. And this they're is where I spend it. my day. I would be doing that for sure. Because they're not getting paid a lot, I guarantee I don't think I don't know that they get paid at all. Oh really? That's pro bono. 
I think there's this also like whole recovery program intertwined with it which is kind of and then like this Christian stuff I don't know it's kind of weird over there but sometimes you see a really well organized Salvation Army and you're like who here is responsible for this (laughs) well (laughs) done sir the person in charge yeah (laughs) they usually I feel like they take great pride in it sometimes which is understandable because that's a lot of weird bullshit to rearrange all the time right but so do whenever, whenever you hang a show like this and they're big paintings and I'm sure at some point you get a little bit of painter's talk or people who want to talk about your work within the context of contemporary painting or whatever is it something that you're kind of it's, you know, how do you engage in that? Are you not as interested? Or God, you? I don't know how I don't have, like, I really don't know anything about uh, art sometimes feels that way like someone will reference a an important like famous painter from history you know mm-hmm. and I'm like uh, sometimes I just pretend that I know who they're talking about <laughs> usually I'm like yeah totally <laughs> I know that mm-hmm. person and their uh, paint pa- did you say paintings yeah I know yeah, their yeah. paintings hold on yeah. let me google I mean uh, <laughs> I've got I'm just gonna look at my email <laughs> and yep Yep, 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 right, Matisse, totally. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I'm way more interested in, like, the weird stuff in the world that yeah. I look at and think about constantly, and also comedy and, like, junk and the Internet. Like, that stuff is what I'm thinking about. I don't know how to talk about painting, really. But it's funny because you're... You're not doing an online video channel or any of that stuff. You're making big paintings. I know. So Why am I doing that? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I doing this? I I'm know. not trying to. No. Cool. Oh my god. Should I leave? <laughs> oh my god. Curious as to how that engage. I mean, I think there's something really, I imagine, very liberating and um, fresh about just not being encumbered by worrying about art history per se and just doing your thing and yeah kind of, and improvising and you know, and just making images. Yeah, I think, um, you know, once in a while I think about, like, grad school, mm-hmm. and I know it would be useful in many ways, but I also think it might fuck me up having too much information. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can really overthink stuff if I have uh, the knowledge to do so. I yeah. can really spiral into, like, second-guessing myself and, like, well, I can't do that. It's already been done. I can't even, like, dip a toe into that or... Self-paralysis you know? through oh, yeah. information. Oh, yeah. my God. Such a thing. I love that, that art history would be paralyzing, <laughs> but the Internet, which is just the, the biggest shopping mall for information in the world. Yeah. But I guess in that sense... It is that paralyzing you, also. You can just navigate it, though, the way you want to. You know? I mean, you found yeah. a pretty niche... It's like thing here to base all this work off of, which is really interesting. Yeah. It's it's like paralyzing in the same way that a blank canvas is paralyzing because there's unlimited options for you to choose from or think about or whatever. But it's not restrictive to me as a painter specifically, the way art history feels like it is. Right. Or would be if I knew anything about (laughs) it. (laughs) So I feel free to like experiment with ways of working that maybe I would maybe I wouldn't if I knew more and I'd be like well that's too close to this or like I don't want to be a part of that conversation or I mean there is some of that but I'm kind of in the dark mostly sometimes someone will be like oh this really reminds me of this um, movement and I'm like great (laughs) Oh, that's cool. I, I don't know. Even, I didn't even mean it. I didn't even know that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to look that up now. <laughs> I'll get back to you about whether I agree. Right. You probably like will. Vaporwave. Vaporwave, I'm going to check out. Check it out. <laughs> um, so what do you listen to while you're working? Um, oh, man, it really runs the gamut. This summer was all Sean Paul, and nice. I found this website where you can adjust the pitch and tempo of any song that you can upload mm-hmm. if you have an mp3 so i was listening to a lot of backstreet boys and mariah carey like slow down Whoa. which is really good yeah if you're wondering <laughs> sounds awesome yeah it does sound good mariah carey being very high-pitched if you slow it down it's just like a, a 
monster. That sounds like it would sound like what Mariah Carey sounds like in Mariah Carey's head. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I hope so. Like really it's really good. Slow. Yeah, I'm not I'm on the verge of imitating it, but I'm going to hold back okay. cuz I don't think anyone wants to hear that. But um yeah, it's it's been a lot of Sean Paul for some reason. But in general, it's like, I mean, I have to say Lightning Bolt mm-hmm. has always been, and like Dan Deacon, those, those two sounds for me have been very like analogous to what I'm trying to make visually mm-hmm. because it's like totally dense, saturated, chaotic sounding noises. Yeah. But then there's this complex underlying structure. And that's kind of what I'm always going for it like really energizes me to think about that yeah um i want it to look like chaos but then as you experience that you realize where the structure is coming from yeah it um, kind of falls into place the longer you look at kind of like a magic eye kind of like a magic eye out right. of chaos comes order <laughs> right hopefully yes yeah um paul simon i mean Lil Wayne, just really the whole gamut. Also podcasts, a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Any ones that you would recommend to anyone? <laughs> I can't think of any <laughs> off the top of my head. You know, there's some art podcasts. Can't remember what they're called. It's <laughs> just one, yeah. Um, it's, again, the whole gamut of podcasts. There's, like, a bunch of true crime podcasts I listen to. Yeah. And, like... NPR-ish stuff, This American Life, and, like, psychology-based stuff I'm really into all the time. Do you like comedy ones? Storytelling. Comedy, yes. I got into it because of comedy podcasts. Marin. Marin and Nerdist and all those. Yeah. Yeah. I gobble it up. I love them so much. That's one really great thing about the podcast, too, is that you just... They just show up on your phone if you subscribe, and yeah. it's like a little gift. It's awesome. And if it's something I get so you excited. really love on the podcast, it's like a double gift. It's the best. Yeah, I love it. I mean, often it's all I have to talk about at the end of the day, because yeah. I'm just like working, and I don't interact with anybody. You're in your zone. And it's like, and what'd you do today? I'm like, yeah. uh, but it's always, it's like so much information goes in my head from these podcasts, and I'm interested, and I'm engaged, but then when I go to tell someone about it later, because it's the only thing I have to talk about can't remember the specifics of what I heard so it's a lot of like yeah it's I heard this really crazy story today it, it was like who what podcast was it oh I can't remember um anyway it's like a they're talking about these like monkeys no no where was it Africa no wait anyway <laughs> it's like so these monkeys are in the no was it chinchillas no 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 it was monkeys just I lose all the detail and it's so, it's so humiliating. I can't get through like an anecdote anymore. I don't know. It's maybe I'm just inundated with information. It's hard to remember. And I just let it go when too fast. Taking it in. <sighs> yeah, and there's such great stories. I'm trying to relate to my friends. Right. They're like, I'll just send you the podcast. Just send God, it, like, share it. I can't fucking remember anything. <laughs> I'm getting it totally wrong. Well, I think people are going to be really excited when the Morgan Blair pops up on the Sound of Vision feed. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Roll their eyes. <laughs> no. Great. People will be really into it. But um, <laughs> So do you have anything else coming up or websites or Instagram or anything that you would like to share with people? Oh. Um, Any yeah. plugs? Okay. I'm going to try to make some more puzzles. I've been making puzzles also. Oh, wait. No sound. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I, I have like a side venture called Puzzle Time. Really? Yes, I make puzzles. Wow. <laughs> That's a thing that we didn't get into, but it's sort of like a family trade in a way, family hobby that I picked up. And um, I've only made like, I'm making them in additions. So like the first one I had my own, an image of my own printed, adhered to wood, mm-hmm. and then I cut it on a scroll saw by hand so there are these handmade wooden jigsaw puzzles and I did the second one with a piece of Ryan Travis Christian's work mm-hmm. and now I want to gear up to make the third one they're coming so slowly I'm getting through them so slowly but I want to do them more often and there's just basically wait how many are you doing of each one um, the last one I think I made 
like five of the larger size puzzle, which was like 10 by 12 inches, and maybe 12 of the smaller size, like six by eight inches. Such a great addition idea. Yeah. <laughs> People make silk screens, you're making puzzles, it's pretty cool. I think it could, if I just had more time to make more, which I, I do have enough time to make more, I should be focusing on that more, but I think people will be into them if there were just more to choose from and they were happening more often because it's a cool thing it's like basically a print combined with a handmade art object yeah and puzzles are cool i mean i guess people either hate or love puzzles but i think most people enjoy puzzles yeah let's go with that even if they don't like doing it they can give it to someone who does and then they can have it yeah it's kind of a cool thing to see yeah because you put it on your coffee table yeah don't lose any pieces because I won't be able to replace them. Right, it's art. Yeah. So don't mess it up. This is art. <laughs> don't fuck it up. So is there a website for it, or is uh, it just... Puzzletime.net. Nice. Yeah. Well played. Dot com was taken. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's an online puzzle game. But I prefer net, so... Yeah. And then yeah. Um, your website, your own website? Morganblair.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's my website. And then this shows up until... Oh, God. Yeah, I should know Same. this. Oh, no, I'm going to say okay. mid, never... mid-October. That sounds good. Yeah. Okay. And if people yeah. don't get to see the show by the time this is up, then they can go That's to it for me. I'm done after this. No more gallery. art. No more? That's it? Just puzzles? I'm out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One and done at the whole gallery. Yep. Okay. No, I, I guess I'll <laughs> probably keep making paintings. Yeah. And they can just see them uh, in other places, and they can find out about that on Instagram TBA. maybe yeah right, right. All yeah right. TBA well thanks for meeting me here today and letting me um, chat with oh, you oh thank you in this it's been a delight it's been really cool to be at the gallery and do this yeah only one weird tour group intrusion yeah. it's, it's pretty a, good it's inevitable at least yeah <laughs> it was cool I got kind of warm there for a second like, right <laughs> oh god they brought in body heat <laughs> yeah cool alright thanks cool Corey. thanks Sound and Vision is produced, recorded, and facilitated by myself, Brian Alfred. The introduction was recorded by Michael Lovett of the band Niska Lines. You can also catch him performing in his band Metronomy. The intro-outro music is by Sean Seymour from the band Lullatone. Please subscribe, rate, and review Sound and Vision on iTunes. You can find studio snapshots and additional information at soundandvisionpodcast.com. You can find more information about my own paintings and animations at paintchanger.com. Thanks for listening and supporting this podcast. Thanks to all the artists who share their stories with me.